0: welcome to Art Talks. My name is Hannah Murphy and I'm currently studying art at IEDT. This podcast episode is about the world famous artist Marcel Duchamp. Don't tell my lecturer but to be honest I've up until recently not delved into properly because I've been way too scared. It's just the kind of art that you know can be really intimidating to begin to unpack because it's not as straightforward as maybe a painting of a woman or something. So I'm here to discuss aspects of his artwork that I find particularly interesting and of course like anything he wasn't without his scandals and without his controversies and he was quite the troublemaker so this is going to be an interesting thing to talk about I think. So I'm just going to sit here with a cup of tea and chat to you about some of the parts of Duchamp's life that I find the most interesting you know because to be honest with you I could sit here for hours and talk about his life and all of his work because he has a really extensive body of work so just a really brief bit of background he was born in Normandy in France in 1887 and he traveled back and forth between Europe and the United States for much of his life actually funnily enough four of the Duchamp children became artists so he was one of four artists for his generation there are honestly countless different aspects of Duchamp's work that I could talk about but I think one of the most important is how he was kind of a troublemaker And he liked to push the boundaries, and he liked to make people think and question what they knew about art. One of his earlier works, which really sort of demonstrated how he can cause a bit of a fuss in the art world, is New Descending a Staircase Number 2. So it's an oil-on-canvas that depicts the movement of a nude body down a staircase using conical and cylindrical abstract forms that, when repeated in such a way, can give this sense of motion. In total, there are approximately 20 static positions used to create this sense of movement. There was a muted colour palette used, which was similar to what would have been used by the cubists. However, they rejected it as they felt it was too futurist. His inspiration for the painting was movement photography, such as Edvard Muybridge's Animal Locomotion and chronophotographs, which is basically, to try and put it in kind of everyday terms, it kind of looks like 10 different images of somebody have been layered on top of each other, and you're kind of seeing glimmers of all of them. He, he was kind of just pushing the boundaries and he didn't want to kind of fit into one movement. And I mean, rightly so. But I think that it's just a really interesting aspect of his personality that is worth noting. And I think another aspect of this painting that is very funny to me is he was never deterred by negative press. And when it was shown in America... The response to the work wasn't exactly overwhelmingly positive but in fact it inspired him to move to New York soon after that show. Duchamp reflected on the painting about 50 years after it was debuted in America and he said there's a public to receive the painting today that did not exist then. Cubism was sort of forced upon the public to reject it. Instead today any new movement is almost accepted before it started. See there is no more element of shock anymore. If somebody came out with that painting today, would it get the same negative response? I highly doubt it. And that's just because I think we're so open now to the different avenues of art, partly thanks to Duchamp. And I think, I think it really kind of is a testament to how you can look at a painting now and forget that maybe at the time it was a lot more controversial. You know, because while some stuff will forever be, be seen as kind of controversial, like I think his ready-mades will always be seen as a really interesting way of looking at art and a really interesting way of making art. I think New Descending a Staircase has kind of been normalized from the last hundred years of it being in existence and the art world developing kind of after the fact. So anyways, I just think that's a really interesting point. I think what I really want you to keep in mind now when I talk about the next piece of art is his mindset, you know, that he's kind of, he likes to antagonize and he likes to push the buttons and he isn't afraid of what people will say about it. In fact, he kind of doesn't care in some ways and I think that's a really freeing way to be when it comes to making art. So anyways, the next piece of art I would like to talk about are Duchamp's Ready mades, which is what he is definitely most famous for, I think. So the mindset of the Ready mades is that he as an artist chooses something and puts it in a gallery or artistic context and makes it into art in that way while yes he may not have been there when the iron rod was cast he still by choosing it and putting it into a gallery or artistic context is making it art so I think that's an important thing to remember when you're thinking about fountain which is the artwork I'm going to discuss with you now. So it's going to be on the Instagram, DSS elective, but I think to describe it to you for if you can't see it for whatever reason, it's quite literally just a urinal with or.mutt 1917 inscribed on the outer edge of it. And it kind of is what it says on the tin, you know, it's not particularly changed too much from what it probably originally was when it left the factory. But That's not what makes it art. What makes it art is how Duchamp chose it. It was actually in 2004, the ready-made was dubbed the most influential modern artwork of all time by a poll of 500 art experts. It was submitted in 1917 to an exhibition at the Society of Independent Artists New York under the name of a fictitious artist called Richard Mutt. Duchamp did this to hide his identity because he didn't want anyone to know that he had made it because he was actually a part of the society. It was actually rejected by the society which originally said it was never going to reject anything that was submitted and that everything was art but it did reject it and Duchamp actually resigned as a result and I think there's so many different ways to look at that because for one He submitted it challenging them to admit that that was art and that that was valid art and they didn't but also they voted on it when they said they were never going to vote on anything that everything was automatically going to be submitted. I just think that is so interesting because he antagonized the art world by submitting this and the art world bit back but he didn't particularly care so it was still published in an article photographed, and, and while the original is gone, it's been remade, and there are many artists who have since rifted off. One thing that is very important to remember is that this happened during history. This happened while other things in the world were going on, and I think one key, key moment that is of significance when it comes to this particular artwork, Fountain, is that April 6th 1917 the United States declared war on Germany in World War I and on April 9th in 1917 that's when he submitted this to the society so I think that it's so important to remember that you know these two huge moments in just world history and then in art history happened almost in tandem with one another and you know some people do suggest that maybe Duchamp submitted this as a response to both the art world and what was going on in the world because you know he made no secret that he was very much against the war and he also didn't agree with the united states getting involved and he actually fled his home country two years before because of the war he explained in an interview that everywhere the talk turned upon war nothing but war was talked about from morning until night in such an atmosphere especially for one who holds war to be an abomination it may readily be conceived existence was heavy and dull so i think it's so important to remember that he also didn't make art in the context of just the art world he made it in the context of the real world you know and some people do suggest that as i said that he he made this in response to both the war and maybe the restrictiveness of the art world. I think this is really really important for a few different reasons. I think in today's context it kind of makes sense that we start thinking like this again, that we start remembering that everything we read about in history had other things going on as well. Like at the moment we're currently in the pandemic right and I think when they're writing about this in history books in 50 or 100 years. It can be easy to forget that other things were going on and that art was still being made and that, you know, life was still happening around us. And I think that this statement that he made really kind of resonated with me because of that, because he was making art when the world around him was in some ways crumbling And it can feel like that sometimes as an art student during the coronavirus pandemic. You know, you're making all this art and you look out your window and then there's all of this going on. And I think how he kind of used that as a a way of responding is very interesting. I think Duchamp's main goal with Ready Mades with regards to the art world is he wanted to really push what was art or what was considered art. And I think he wanted to, really broadened the scope and it had never really been seen before in fact he actually coined the term ready-mades which in today's world is actually said about a lot of art like Tracy Emmons' bed for instance which is literally just what it says in the tin it is effectively like she put her bed and the surrounding contents in a gallery space and she left nothing out but While, yeah, she didn't, like, paint the bed or sculpt the bed, by her choosing to put her bed in that context, once again, she is making it art. And I think Duchamp really kind of did his job there by paving the way for things like that to happen. You know, he influenced so many artists, from Andy Warhol to Gerard Richter. There was nobody that didn't get influenced by these ready-mades which were started with Fountain. Now, here's the controversial part, which is what I'm honestly really excited to talk about because, you know, there's so many different opinions about this. But to summarise, there is an, a woman known as Baroness Elsa. And she was a well-known figure at the time in New York's avant-garde scene. She was a performance artist, a poet and a sculptor. She did all sorts of ludicrous things at the time, such as wearing cakes as hats, spoons as earrings, and so on. She was regularly arrested and incarcerated for offences such as petty theft or public nudity, obviously some of which I'd say was done for her performances. At a time when societal restrictions on how a woman looked were only kind of starting to loosen up, she would shave her head and she'd dye her hair, which is so interesting. In today's society it may be seen as quite normal things to do, but back then it wouldn't have been, you know? Baroness and Duchamp had a really interesting relationship and one of her spontaneous pieces of performance art was her taking an article about Duchamp's painting that I mentioned earlier, A Nude Descending a Staircase, and rubbing it over all of her body, connecting the famous image of a nude with her own naked self. And she recited a poem then that ended with the declaration, Marcel, Marcel, I love you like hell, Marcel. So, you know, it's quite an an interesting way of declaring your love, I suppose, isn't it? Obviously, this is not just what I want to talk about. There's a lot of speculation currently about whether or not Fountain was Duchamp's work, because a lot of people are beginning to question whether or not it was actually Baroness's work. Because... On April 11th, 1917, Duchamp wrote to his sister, Suzanne, and said, one of my female friends who had adopted the pseudonym Richard Mott sent me a porcelain urinal as a sculpture. Since there was nothing indecent about it, there was no reason to reject it. Does this mean that possibly Baroness had given uh, Duchamp the artwork to present? You know, it's it's we'll never know for sure, I don't think, but I think... One thing to note is he was already submitting it under an assumed name. So there would be no reason for him to kind of double up on the secrecy and also say to his sister that it was a female friend, you know, when it was already being submitted anonymously. We don't know for sure if it was Baroness, but she was in Philadelphia at the time and the newspaper reports claimed that Richard Mutt was from Philadelphia. And she also kind of felt similar in regards to the war and New York's art world. She was frustrated at both the art world and the world around her when it comes to the war. But I think the real damning evidence that makes me think that this could actually be true is how she had been finding objects in the street and declaring them to be works of art since before Duchamp had even considered the idea of the ready maids. One of the earliest examples of this work by Elsa was enduring ornament, which was a metal ring she found on her way to her wedding. She declared that these found objects were sculptures and she frequently gave them religious or spiritual names. Like she called a piece of wood cathedral in 1918. So she would take something and create it into a much bigger thing than just a simple piece of wood. And also the the sculpture itself is confrontational and kind of humorous and crude which weren't exactly themes of Duchamp's work but they were definitely themes that Baroness had looked at. I think whether or not you're on either side of the fence it's just an interesting idea and it wouldn't have been uncommon for artists who are women to be slightly looked over like that in history. I mean, I had never come across or heard of this artist before I had even studied Duchamp. And she sounds like she was an incredibly influential person, not only in an art history context, but even two artists around then, such as Duchamp. So whether he was inspired by her work or whether he fully just ripped her off, we'll never know, I guess. Honestly, before I was researching this, I didn't know anything about Duchamp's work in detail, much less the controversy behind it. I think no matter which side of the fence you're on about this controversy, that particular artwork was hugely influential, inspired so many artists, as well as other work by Duchamp, like New Descending, A Staircase, and then The Ready mades That Followed, Fountain. I think I want to end on one particular quote by Willem de Kooning, and it's about, kind of, what Marcel Duchamp stood for, and... I think it really does sum him up, and it is. And then there is that one-man art movement, Marcel Duchamp. For me, a truly modern movement, because it implies that each artist can do what he thinks he ought to, a movement for each person and open for everybody. He said that in 1951. It's a very true response to everything Duchamp stood for, because at the end of the day, I think what he believed most was that Art shouldn't be restricted and that thought process inspired so many artists to come such as Andy Warhol and even like contemporary artists today would still go around with that mindset. I hope that you can walk away feeling like you've maybe been exposed to a new idea or some new information that you may not have had starting this podcast and thank you so much for listening. It's been incredibly nerve-wracking, I won't lie, and my tea ran out a very long time ago, despite how short this podcast is probably going to end up being. Please follow us on social media. It's DSS Elective on Instagram. I think that's all we have at the minute, but you'll be able to see all the other podcasts, and there's quite a wide variety, so I suggest you definitely check them out too. Thank you so much for listening.